Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Sneakers and Cleats, the podcast. New Year's same dance moves, Chuck. <laughs> I got to come up with a new uh, shtick. Right? <laughs> Welcome back to the Sneakers and Cleats podcast. It's Tuesday, January 2nd, 2024. I haven't written 2023 down anywhere yet, but I'll have to scribble it out, I'm sure, for the first month of the new year. This is episode 64. I'm Matt Roy, Chuck McTank, Don Harris, alongside. Happy New Year, guys. Merry New Year. Merry New Year. Yeah. <laughs> How was too that? young for that. Please tell me I'm you've not. seen trading places. Yes, I've seen okay. trading, trading places, but. I actually haven't seen the new one. Or no, was it not Training Places 2? I was thinking uh, Coming to America. Oh, I was thinking Coming to America 2. I haven't seen that yet. But I have one of my favorite movies or stand-ups of all time is Delirious. Great. It was fantastic. I had it memorized in 1984. I, st- I still do have it memorized. It's yeah. so good. <laughs> I my got dad no probably- ice cream. <laughs> I'm going to eat it all. You ain't got no ice cream. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Yeah. Um, because yeah, your daddy's dad. a alcoholic, an alcoholic, <laughs> and you are on, and you are on the welfare. <laughs> you my, da- my dad, you probably, my dad probably showed that to me way too young. Like yeah. he showed that. To- <laughs> <laughs> it what, sure what's sounds too, like what's it. too young to see delirious. Uh, probably got to be thirteen. Okay, I was way younger than that. Um, we were probably too young to see it when we saw it in real time. Yeah. <laughs> well, that came out. What or like you're in the junior, early 80s? junior senior year of college? I think, it, I think it came out or high school. I mean, I remember distinctly watching it on my lunch break from work you every gradu- day in the summer of 1983, and I graduated from high school in '83. Yeah, so it came out in '82. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so that's one di- digression that we're gonna have. How was the New Year's, guys? You guys have some fun. Great. I know you had a nice vacation, out of town trip. So how was how was Europe? It was fun. A lot of fun bouncing around Switzerland and France, and realizing that. Somebody needs to work on their French during their off time the next time they go. And your German's pretty decent. Yeah. But never encountered one German speaker, except I bumped into one lady, and I said, sorry. She goes, kein Problem, which is no problem. That was the only time I heard any German the entire trip. So, But French is such a a more aesthetically pleasing language. I think to most people, they would argue that. To me, I think the German is much easier on my ears. So... I don't know. I think, you know, both languages use the So I don't know why German doesn't get the pass that French does, but for somebody else to argue. That reminds me of another Eddie Murphy bit. I, I don't want no hocking on my bread. So we got a lot going on, as always, uh, here. We got the Cowboys who could potentially win the NFC East out of nowhere. Like Chuck said, uh, don't count the chickens before they hatch and – Chuck, I will give you all the credit in the world for saying that the Eagles' uh, easy schedule might not be so easy for them. So, Well, even a broken watch is right twice a day. <laughs> so it's nice to get coming. one. Yeah, I didn't see that Cardinals coming, especially when they were up like 20, right? Yeah, it was the f- 21, to f- or 21 to 6 at some point. So we'll yeah. get to that. But I want to get to the, the number game first, as always. 
64. So besides the three I have down, any anybody else come to mind? I know one of the ones that I have down is the one that came to mind for you, Jerry Kramer. Well, it did sort of, right? Because I said, hey, wasn't Jerry Kramer 64? And sure enough, turns out that he was. They're so. all old offensive linemen is, is 64. <laughs> Anybody else for you? No, we're in that we're in the offensive lineman zone now for the next few episodes. Yeah. It's going to be tough. The yeah. '70s good, good again, and the '80s are great. But there's some there's some tough numbers in the '60s. '66 a good number. Well, '64. It's all the numbers that have never been NBA players. Like there's no good NBA '64s. There's no good baseball '64s. You're into like the offensive lineman, Randall McDaniel, Jerry Kramer, Dave Wilcox, all those uh, guys, offensive so. linemen and, and relief pitchers. Yeah, exactly. There was a. One of my favorite players of all time, Dustin Pedroia, was 64 for one season. Really? Uh, yeah. In, I think it was his rookie year, 06, when he, no was the, all right. he was the rookie of the year. I think he was actually second MVP voting that year, too. Wow. But, That's a weird number. Yeah. second. Well, he came up as a second baseman at Arizona State, and they just gave him a number. So, um, All right. Let's get to the college football playoff first. I had that later on in here, but they were so entertaining. I just We, we got to talk about those first. They're, they're all top of mind. Win or lose, like I didn't really care who won or lost yesterday. I was obviously rooting for Texas because we they're close to us, but those were two of the most endlessly entertaining games I've ever seen in the college football uh, playoff era for sure. But in college football in general, like those two games had me on the edge of my seat for six hours. Yeah, they were they were fun to watch. I started off by saying right off the bat that Michigan's maize and blue against Alabama's all whites in the Rose Bowl at sunset is the most beautiful shot of college football I've ever seen in my life because those are the two perfect uniforms, two biggest brands, playing in the greatest setting. Uh, and then the game certainly delivered. I mean, it was one score so the entire way. And it was so good. Uh, old, old smash mouth Big Ten against, you know, Milrow played – Pretty good for most of the game. Great athletes all over the field. Good coaching uh, until the end. I mean, we could talk about both games, but what was Nick Saban thinking on that call? Well, it Does was, this run our quarterback straight into the line? Well, it was it was it was an RPO. the The low snap threw off the RPO because you could see on the left hand side they had two receivers and then they ran the running back out. So if he got the snap on time, he was going to look to his left and look at the back and see if they had the matchup. But since it was a low snap, he just aborted right away. And went. Yeah. But well, then you can also see on the film the the pulling tackle on the right side or the tight end, I forget which one it was, they they shielded down. He had a wide open running lane, but instead he ran into the ass of his center. Yeah, it was anticlimactic after such a yeah. great game. It was a fantastic game. Though. Yeah. Yeah, I just didn't see it coming right after the first two drives by Michigan. You're thinking, geez, these guys don't even – what the hell are they doing here? And then to come back and win the game like they did, it's pretty impressive. And Mich at, at the way that Alabama started losing to Texas and benching their quarterback against South Florida, was it? Yeah, uh, Jay, after I mean, that really bad game. Everybody, yeah. you know, just waved the white towel on Alabama. They come back, they beat Georgia, and they're right there. I mean, just – my wife is like, I hate Alabama. She's watching the game. She goes, I don't want Alabama. I was like, you know, I'm kind of rooting for Michigan too, but I'm tipping my cap to Nick Saban because I, I totally thought this guy's going to find a way to pull it off again. Well, right? I mean, Jonathan asked me on set after the 5 o'clock sportscast, I think, or 6 o'clock. I forgot which one it was. He was like, so who's going to win this game? 
because I just did the Michigan and Alabama scoreboard. Michigan was dominating that game. If you ask me at halftime, I said Michigan was the better team on the field, and then yeah. I come back and they are down seventeen to thirteen. I'm like, what the hell just happened? It's Alabama. Man. It's just Alabama football. But Michigan, I think that the two teams that won, Michigan and Washington, were clearly the better teams on those given days. I think that their defenses had their number. Uh, Washington uh, kind of bailed Texas out in the first half with that with that fumbled punt. That muff punt, they could have gone down and been up 14 in the first half, but instead Texas gets it, it's able to tie it at 14, and it's it's a, a whole new ball game. But I, I think both teams, both teams, their self inflicted wounds let the other team back in. But I think that the two winners were clearly the better teams. I think you could make the argument, and I agree with you because you got to tip your cap to the winners. But I can, I think you could make the argument that Texas played so poorly with so many penalties, especially early on, just pre snap. False starts, nervous jitters, bad throws, deflections from viewers at the line of scrimmage. That to have a chance with one second left to win that game as poorly as they played, two fumbles, the one from Baxter and the one from Blue, uh, giving them points. I think you could make the argument that Texas was the better team who just had an awful day because Texas was poor and almost won, and Washington was almost perfect. I, I think Penix was almost perfect. Yeah. I don't know if Washington was almost perfect. I mean, Washington played, obviously, one of their best games all season, and they should have won that game if they are if they don't get the unluckiest bounce I've ever seen outside of the Cowboys game. Like, how does your own player get injured when you're about to run down to 15 seconds and punt? Like, That was it, bad luck I for mean, them. At that point, do you as an, I don't know what the rule is in college football. Can you carry a guy off the field? Like if you're if you're an offensive lineman and your running back goes down, can you just grab him by the arms and pull him off so they don't have to run I the clock? I think if your players are smart enough to know that rule, and and if the injured player was smart enough to know that rule, I think Dylan Johnson, as committed as he is to that program, I think if he was aware of that. He would have found a way to get off the field. Yeah, he. I mean, he was obviously writhing in pain, and yeah. we'll, we'll see if he's able to go next week. But it was just like, how unfortunate is that? Where yeah. you're just trying to run the clock out. The, Texas the game is, was over. Sar- yeah, Sark is yelling, rip the ball out, rip the ball out. So every time they run, they're carrying it with two hands. They're just making sure not to fumble. And then you go down, and it's just like, oh, you just gave them a whole new life. And then the ball to AD, and it's just like, well, here we go. Yeah. Yeah, it was a fantastic game. I just kept thinking early on, it's like, why is Texas trying to be so tricky with their offense? Just line up. You're bigger. You have as much speed. You know, I thought they were running the ball pretty well, you know, especially like on that first drive. They have one run. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. On second down, I believe, because they were it seemed like they were throwing on every first down. And they, they weren't having any success in the passing game, and yet it's just... You know, it was tricky, tricky, tricky. It looked like they're you're trying to show everybody how smart you are. Line up and play ball. And then conversely, same thing with Washington. It's like kick the field goal. Don't give Texas any life here on fourth down, allowing you to, you know, potentially stop you. You got a good kicker. There was just a lot of weird stuff in that game. I thought, just play the game and let let's see how this goes. I also thought too that, you know, Washington was a lot better than advertised. Penix. 
a lot better than, you know, I knew he was good, but to watch, I mean, he had three amazing dime passes well, that were downfield. I mean, the fact that he's at, what, 255 yards late in the second quarter throwing the football, I mean, he was just absolutely amazing. And, you know, again, when the ball comes out, doesn't look like he's the, the greatest quarterback of all time, but, it, man, is he accurate and he can throw the deep ball. I guarantee you if he wasn't a lefty, he would have way better draft potential than he does right now. I mean, him being a lefty, everyone looks at him as like, oh, he just throws funny. It's like, no, he doesn't throw funny. He throws, with, he throws with his left hand. Like, right. I guess that's funny because it's abnormal. But He's got a of... Frank Harris quality about him. But, you know, he was here in the Alamo Bowl last year. And what a great this, game that was, too. All the hype coming in, we, we learned a lot about him. But as I'm watching that game, you know, mid-third quarter, I'm, I'm thinking, what a shame that he did not win the Heisman Trophy. His team's 14-0, and playing for a national championship, and they give it to the kid from LSU who's 500 or whatever they were. And it's it's basically, I believe, in that West Conference, uh, West Coast bias. We don't see enough of them when they're playing on the West Coast. Saw a great tweet today saying, what was the committee thinking, uh, you know, letting uh, – Michael Penix play past midnight. Don't, you, <laughs> don't they know what he does past midnight? And, uh, you know, I just don't think enough people saw him all year to, to appreciate I mean, what they're doing. People didn't know about Jaden Daniels either when he was at Arizona State. He goes to LSU and look what he does. I mean, yeah. former former Sun Devil. Also, uh, speaking of the Sun Devils, the last, game, last team to beat uh, Washington, Arizona State last year. It reminds so. me of the, uh, the Vince Young year where – you know, Reggie Bush was a great player, won the Heisman Trophy, but there was no question who the best college football player was that year. It was Vince Young. Give Reggie back his Heisman. Um, give it to Vince. It was Vince's. <laughs> give it to one of them. Uh, so la- last thing before we look at the look at the matchup, I thought that – Hold on. Before, before we move on for that game, yeah. can we just address that for Sark being the offensive wizard, play caller, the greatest in the world, how do you have four looks at it from the 12-yard line and not get a single ball into the end zone that's catchable. That to me was an I absolute. Think that's on, that's disaster. on Ewers, though. That's on Ewers. Maybe. Well, because the, the what was it? Two drives previous when they scored their touchdown to AD Mitchell, they he just threw it to Mitchell. He was just like, "Go make a catch." Go I, ahead. I think they were like, "Why not do that again?" I think I think you heard Sark's explanation saying, "You know, we were trying to get one on ones and high point and all that." I think you have to have some really creative plays down there to to get guys open in space and. and you know, I realize I don't have a timeout, but I just think the check down throw to blue on the sidelines with that was the worst. That that was awful. Throw out of the back of the end zone was awful. A lot of that's Ewers, though. A lot of that, I know. A lot of a lot of that's on him. Like that play <clears throat> that he checked it down to blue on the sideline at the twelve or whatever it was. There was two guys running downfield. Like he could have pitched or faked the pitch and then thrown downfield. He just chose to throw the throw the. I just think he route. could have been more inventive. I also didn't uh, – on that same drive, I also didn't understand why Kalen DeBoer in the Washington defense was given one-on-ones to A.D. Mitchell and Xavier Worthy. Like, those are the two of the best receivers in the country, and you're gonna, just going to let them go one-on-one. That's how they got a 40-yard gain is let them go one-on-one. And then the very next play, they try the shot to the end zone. It's one-on-one that was a very catchable ball. Yeah. Like, I don't understand how they got – like they escape by the skin of their teeth, man. Yeah, like yeah. I can't even believe that. I was totally believing with twenty seconds to go at the twelve. I'm thinking five seconds to play. You got four. Play, you got four shots at it. I fully thought Texas was going to win that game. Yeah, as soon as they got down to the twelve yard line and that blue controversial blue catch uh, on the twelve, I was like, Texas is really going to come back and win this game. They're going to win this game. Yeah, we got to start making some plans for next week. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, so looking at the finals matchup, we now have Michigan 
in Washington. Michigan opened as a four and a half point favorite with an over under at 55. Chuck, I'll ask you first. Who you got? I, I don't know. I mean, it's a, such a tough call, right? Looking at what Michigan's defense is capable of doing and their size, you kind of like them, the way they play. I don't think they junk it up probably as much as Washington's probably going to. Having said that, I'll go with Washington. <laughs> it's just a feel thing at this yeah, point. They both have really good stories behind them, too. Like you have Michigan, who has the whole sign stealing thing, and the Connor Stallions, and and Jim Harbaugh not even being the coach for like what six games this year. I think he was out yeah. for the first three and then the middle three. Uh, and, and everyone's kind of just like rallied around that. Like, you know what? If everyone's going to stand against us, then F you kind of mentality. Michigan versus everybody. Yeah, yeah, Michigan versus everybody. Now it's Michigan versus Washington, which is a great line by Heather Dinich on the ESPN article that they wrote. Um, but then you have Washington, and Kalen DeBoer just doesn't lose games. Kalen DeBoer, their head coach, was 67-3 and three at South Dakota. I mean, he's he's gone, what, like – 26 and one, 26 and two at Washington. Like he's just unbelievable. And they just don't right. lose. I mean, just basing it on what I saw yesterday. Because, yeah. you know, nothing against Alabama, but it looks like, you know, with the young offense that they have, maybe not as diverse of an offense as they're going to see from Washington in that game. So, you know, I think from the Michigan defensive standpoint, you know, I think everybody knew where the last play was going in that ball game yesterday against Alabama. I just think that Washington will be a little bit harder to game plan from a defensive standpoint. Michigan has some of the best DBs in the country. They're much better than the ones that lit up Texas yesterday. But Washington's receivers are fantastic. Romeo um, Dunze is going to be a top 10 pick. That kid, number yeah, one for Washington, is so good. Yeah, and and McMillan's really good in the slot. Uh, but But – you know, Michigan's DBs are like two of them are first, second round picks. I, I just think it's such a fun contrast of styles because Blake Corum is going to, they're going to smash mouth you. I just don't see Michigan having enough firepower on offense to score. They, I think you're going to have to put up 35 or 40 to win, and I don't know if Michigan can do that. I don't know if they're going to have to put, up, put that much up with where the. With kind of how these two teams, and I've seen them play this year, like Washington's won some really ugly low-scoring games. Like they've been shut down a couple times. They just keep finding ways to win. That Washington State game, the Arizona State game, like they've had so many opportunities to lose games, and they just keep eking it out on the final whistle. I think it might come down to their kickers. I think Washington has a better kicker. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this game goes either way, but if you're, if I was going to bet on the game, I would take Washington in the points. Like, give me four and a half. I'm pulling for Harbaugh. I just, I think he goes off into the sunset to the NFL after this, and I like the way he carries himself during this whole. Did you hear stuff. him? Did you hear him call JJ McCarthy the best quarterback in Michigan history? <laughs> Do you buy that? Every, no, everything that comes out of his mouth is complete like ice cream salesman stuff. Ice cream. <laughs> you could ask him any question that you want. And he just answers by saying, who's got it better than us? Nobody. These are just heartless, heart, heartfelt warriors. Our guys are just champions. They're champions. They're, they're, they're great guys. They're good kids. We love Jesus. And go Michigan. <laughs> I mean, no matter what he, no, what the question is. Coach, you were accused of sign stealing. Did that take – you know what? We had ice cream for breakfast this morning. Our guys are feeling great. Go, <laughs> go Jesus. Go Michigan. Is there anyone who's having a better day than yesterday than uh, the Harbaugh's dad either? 
He you guys having, see him? Yeah. He looks exactly like Jim. If you the put same. him in a, if you put him in an aging machine, like 30 years, he looks exactly, exactly like the Jim. Exactly the same. I Literally, thought it was him. Yeah, same jaw structure, just a little bit wider hair and it's a little glasses. bit more wrinkles. Like it's the exact same person. Yeah. So crazy. So, we're, are we all taking Washington? I'm going to take Michigan. All right, thank God because we've Yeah. No no chance we're right if we all take Washington. So, all right, I'm taking Washington. Chuck's taking Washington. Stickler over here is taking Michigan for uh, Harbaugh's reason. Hopefully, uh, if they win, he'll have a big old steak and a glass of milk. So, uh, let's get to the Cowboys. So, the Cowboys might be the luckiest team in the world besides uh, <clears throat> the other luck that we saw on CFP on Monday. But, my God, what a call on Saturday, first of all, to get that lucky there. And then you get the Cardinals beating the Eagles and suddenly, bing, bang, boom, you're in the driver's seat of the NFC East. Chuck, I mean, you've been saying this for weeks. That Philly might trip up in one or two of their games, and sure enough, two games in, they, they've tripped up, and they are now looking at the five seed and not the two. There's just a lot of really good teams in both leagues, right? But there's nobody that you could say at this point in the season, you lay every dollar that you ever made on this team to win the Super Bowl. I mean, even San Francisco's starting to show at least some warts. You know, I've said for weeks and probably months, it looks like the Cowboys are a team – that's got to play at home to have a chance, right? And if you're the two seed, if you handle your business, that means you're only going to go on the road for one game, and that's in the NFC Championship. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. And that's to say if San Francisco can handle their business. So, you know, they've got to win Sunday. And we all remember what happened to them last year at Washington at the end of the season. So, you know, you can't take anything for granted. It's a division game. I don't care that Washington hasn't won in two months. You could say whatever you want. It's going to be a blood sport on Sunday, and they're going to have to handle their business. They're going to have to win a road game now so that they don't have to win a road game in the next couple weeks. 13.5-point favorites on the road in a division rival. They are not as good on the road. They score, uh, I think, 19 points less on the road than they do at home. It's going to be a tough game no matter what, but they're 14-point favorites for a reason. Here's the thing that I think with the Cowboys, right? If they win and get home field in the first two rounds, I don't think it's beyond our comprehension. San Francisco slips up, Cowboys host an NFC Championship game, go on to the Super Bowl. At the same time, I don't have any faith that the Cowboys don't lose at Washington, get a five seed, and lose on the road (laughs) in the first round. Either one happening – Will not surprise me. But here's the thing. That's like, the thing. Right. When you looked at, but when you looked at that's it, fair. Months, when we looked at it, is fair. When you looked at it months ago, this was the path for the Cowboys. Like, if the Cowboys are going to make the Super Bowl, they needed the one or the two seed because you need to hope to God that somebody knocks off, whether it's the Lions or the Eagles or Tampa or whoever, can knock off the Niners. You get all home games until you get to right. uh, Vegas in the Super Bowl, and Vegas once again is indoors, and they always play better indoors. They're just like the Lions. Well, this this is the path. This is the chance for the right. Cowboys to make the Super Bowl. Or and and you can you know break the whole pie down into a much smaller piece, right? It's then even if it's one versus two and you got to go to San Francisco, you just have to win a game. Yeah. You don't have to win multiple games Three, on the road. Yeah. So 
you know, and then, you know, in one game, as we know, anything can happen. So you're just, you're increasing your chances. And given the fact that they've won 16 in a row at home, this is where they want to be. Yeah. And, you know, again, do they win that Detroit game the other night if they're not at home? I think you can make the argument that probably not. You so it? you got to be at home to win those kinds of games. Do you win it? If there's a referee crew that has a full size brain that here. has a full size brain, well, again, or I mean, can I, I don't want that someone just checked in with them. I don't want to give you know put it all on the referees. I mean, if you're the Lions and you're going to send three guys over to the refs and it's announced on the in house that 70 is eligible, the Cowboys defense that's what they're trained to do. They're trying to stop 70 from going out. And when 68 catches the ball, you know if you're Detroit. You know, you heard the same thing that everybody else heard on the in-house. So at that point, you know, I, I don't know that we can hang this all on the referees. If if the Lions are trying to, you know, be deceptive and send multiple guys at the referees so that the Cowboys don't know, at some point somebody is going to be announced as an eligible receiver. And in that particular case, 70 was announced and 68 caught the ball. So this is why I love you, Chuck. You're always, you're always the R E L A X. There's got to be, the, well, there's got to be, chill. You know, it's got to be two sides to the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? And, and if <laughs> 68 so is announced, then maybe the Cowboys play it differently. That's they for asked, sure. Yeah, right. But that McCarthy doesn't that excuse Brad Allen for assuming. That seventy was checking in. That he seventy had announced himself as eligible three times earlier in the game. Sixty eight had not. That's also part of the plan by yeah. the Lions. Yep. So when seventy runs on, even though sixty eight is clearly talking to him, saying, "I'm reporting. I'm reporting," he's kind of looking at seventy running on, and he probably just says, "Oh, he's telling me that seventy's reporting again." Yeah. And he just screwed it up. But they also screwed up the tripping call, which the game's over if that doesn't happen. Yeah, so, I mean, the game, well, the game was screwed up 10 ways to Sunday by the refs. But, I mean, th th that doesn't mean the Cowboys or the Lions could have made other plays during the right, right. 150 to do it. But when you chalk it up to, like, the game came down to those three plays on the goal line. I mean, on the two-point play and then the seven-yard play and then the three-yard play, like, I don't know why he's going for it every single I, I'll say this. time. The refs but, didn't cost the Cowboys the game. But it's inexcusable to have officiating like that. I think that's completely fair. And you, I and do you, too. And you see it now because, like Brad Allen and that crew has messed up other games before this this season. They're done. They're well. They're they're doing the uh, meaningless Saturday early game. And then now. they're done. They're yeah. And then they're done. They're not going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. Right. Which and is then, which is how they should be. Like if you mess if you mess up, yep. screw you. You know right. what I mean. And then. Also, there's this. I mean, if you're Detroit, you had three cracks at a two-point conversion. You got none of them. So, yeah, but, but I, it, you know, I don't want to say that Detroit deserved to win that football right. game, and the Cowboys didn't. I would argue just the opposite. But as a as a coach, they literally had an entire plan all week long. If we get into this situation, we're going to go down. We're going to score a touchdown. And we're going to go for two, and this is going to be our play. They practiced that play. I guarantee you, ten, fifteen, twenty times. During the week, they knew exactly who was going to report. They knew exactly who the ball was going to go to. And if uh, the Cowboys had covered it, it probably would have gotten picked off because that's where Jared Goff was going to go with the ball. So it's like when that happens, he could have very well kicked the field goal on when they moved back or kicked extra point because that was your two-point play. The game came down to that two-point play, and he knew that, and he wanted to run that play. And I get it, but it's just like, God, that's so – that's that – it's so aggravating for one the Lions, but two the Cowboys, when it's just like it comes down to that one and everything gets messed up and, by the refs. And you have to consider this: like he went into that game and in that moment, knowing 
we're not kicking if they move us back to the 40. No. We're, we're, we're here to get out of here. We've won our division. I don't want to get anybody more hurt. I don't want to extend this game any longer. We're good. We're going to go for it. We're going to get out of here, win or lose. Like Stan Albeck, the old, the old Spurs coach, great story. When uh, Mo McCone tells it, he said, whatever we were down to with a few seconds left, Stan would always take a three-pointer for the win. And I asked him, the players, I said, Coach, why don't we run a better play that we can get a tie instead of going for the three? He says, because in the NBA, guys, they don't pay us overtime. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good line. Yeah. Uh, so as you look at it right now, if things go according to plan this weekend, the Eagles beat the Giants, the, the Cowboys beat the Commanders, it'll end up as San Francisco 1, the Cowboys 2, the Lions 3. I think the Lions just have to I think I actually don't think the Lions have to do anything. If they lose, they're in the three. If they win, they're in the three, unless the Cowboys lose. Uh, four is going to be Tampa or some other NFC South team. How does how do you think this shakes out right now, and how dangerous are the Cowboys right now in this pole position that they have? Well, I think they're very dangerous if they play the first two games at home. I, th- I would expect them to go to the NFC Championship game. I mean, it's just so hard to predict, right? I mean, because you just don't know what you're going to get. If December football – is what McCarthy's been harping on for his entire life. What do we have to measure what they've done in December? They got blown out by Buffalo. They went to Miami. If that game's in Dallas, maybe they win that game. You know, they, they played pretty well in that game. And then you have the Detroit, you know, flip your coin type of game too. So have they asserted themselves that there's anything that they've done over the last three weeks that they could then go beat Playoff caliber teams for the next three weeks and get to the Super Bowl and then win a Super Bowl? I don't know. Are you are you guys at all worried about the defense? This is two weeks in a row now that it's been like, all right, the offense did their job. They took the lead. Stop them. And you can't do it. They couldn't do it twice. I mean, they the one, they got the pick in the Saturday game, and the offense should have gone down and scored a touchdown and ended it right there. But when you give it back to them, now you're up seven points. And then the Jared Goff-led Detroit Lions go down and they score, and they have the chance to win the game. Your defense just gave that up. In the in the uh, Dolphin game, they took the lead, and then the defense came back and gave it up. They're Are not, you at all worried about the defense holding leads? I, I don't know. I just don't think they're quite as good as they were early in the season. I think teams have kind of figured out how not to be completely bullied by Marco Parsons. He's still very effective, but he's not the what he was in the – first three weeks. Uh, and so, you know, they still have really good players uh, all over the field. They have good secondary, good pass rush. Hankins might be coming back, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm not worried about them. I just think, uh, you know, it's kind of reverting to the mean. I think they're uh, they're kind of who they were going to be all along. Teams have just kind of figured it out a little bit. Again, I don't really know how to play these guys at this point because I was hoping to see more this month going into the playoffs to kind of have a better gauge. It just, to me, looks like there's a bunch of really good teams and literally every game is going to be a coin flip at this point. Who's going to make the play at the end? Who's going to play the best during the course of that game? But, you know, are, are, are the Cowboys better than the Eagles at this point on a given Sunday? I think so. I think yeah. so too, but would you be surprised if Philly, you know, Dallas has a bad game? I mean, there's just Anybody so many moving it. parts, right? Anybody I think can win. There's a lot of teams point. that can win it. I think um, that's true in the NFC, but I would bet 
a hundred bucks right now that this thing's over. The Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens are the Super Bowl champs. You don't think Buffalo can do it? I love the Ravens. The Ravens. Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say what is happy birthday in German or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today. These are so good. Uh, let's go. I want to go real quick, go through the NFC. So uh, if the playoffs started today, I'll just take it like that, barring whatever happens in week 18. The Cowboys would then play Green Bay at home. They win that game? Probably. Yeah. Okay. I just think because of the inexperience and the youth of the Packers that, and playing in that environment, I think that would be too much for a young Green Bay team who's shown some flashes, but for the most part still looks pretty inexperienced. Yeah. Okay. Detroit at home against the Rams. Detroit. Detroit wins that game? I don't know, man. The Rams have been playing yeah, awfully that, good that's here. The one, that's so. one, that one might, there might be a thousand points scored in that game. And they're they're just physical, back, so you Stafford never know. Dude, he yeah. would come in fists of fury yeah, in that one. Fun, Again, man. flip a coin. Let's say Detroit wins just for the hell of okay. it. Then you have Philly and Tampa. I, mean, I would say Philly's going to win that game. Just by so attrition. That means Philly goes to San Francisco. San Francisco. There's your chance. There's your chance to get San Francisco knocked off. So Philly goes to San Francisco. Detroit comes back to Dallas. We'll see what happens that time. It'll be great. I, I would take that path. I mean, I would take that path. If like, yeah, for if sure. If you asked me at the beginning of the season, what's the path for the Cowboys to make the Super Bowl? That's the path yeah. right there. Unless they had the one seed, which of course, obviously, they don't right now. But that's the path to win. Uh, or Hosting get to a Philadelphia Super Bowl. Right. NFC Championship game. And how bad yes. is you know like San Francisco? I mean, again, they've got such great weaponry. But what if? McCaffrey's well, calf is really jacked up. It's also so hard to beat a team twice. Like if they yeah. do play the Eagles again, it's really hard to beat a team twice in one season. Like I could see, I could see the Eagles coming out hot and kicking their ass, in the, at least in the first half. You never know. All right, look, real quick before we get out of here, um, the Texans real quick have a winning winning in scenario as well. Uh, this Saturday, basically, it comes down to one game uh, Saturday night against the Colts, win and you get a playoff spot. You also have a chance to still win the AFC South if the Jags lose. And then basically if the Jags lose, then whoever wins Saturday night will win the division. So basically, I mean, I think I want to just talk about how this turnaround by Stroud and and uh, D'Amico Ryans and the Texans. Like they were left for dead for five years, pretty much since 2019. Uh, they were had the second worst record in the league last year. Should have had the number one pick if Lovey Smith didn't rally the guys to get the number two pick in the last game of the Love season. Because look, look, look how it ended up. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, but I mean, you look at what happened with them, and it's just like it's so remarkable to see how the teams can turn around, and the the confidence that D'Amico Ryans has given them is pretty incredible. Yeah, and consider this. They were left for dead two weeks ago. I mean, their, their five best players were out. Tank Dell's still out. Nico Collins was out. Quarterback was out. Will Anderson Jr. was out. Somebody else was out, too. But all season long, they started the season with their whole offensive line being out. I mean, the fact that they could go into the last game of the season and control their own destiny with all the injuries they on top of being a bad team for the last five years, just – Coach of the year, D'Amico Ryans. It's hard to argue against that, right? right? I mean, you see it all the time, right, that you teams start to take on the personality of their coach. I mean, this is a gritty, gritty bunch. I mean, that defensive performance that they turned in the other day against Tennessee, I know you could say, oh, it's Tennessee, they're terrible, and they're even worse on the road. I get all that, but 
to basically keep a team out of the end zone. It's yeah. pretty impressive. And, uh, you know, they, you have to like them having a shot going to Indianapolis, given all that they've been through this year. Just the, That's a tough place to play. And the Colts are another one of those gritty teams, too. I mean, that should be a fun one to watch. I'm trying to find the Coach of the Year odds real quick because I'm curious as to who the leader in the clubhouse is for the Coach of the Year. I, can't I bet you it's Harbaugh, Baltimore, uh, D'Amico, All right, I got it right here. Uh, who do you think's first? D'Amico. Not even close. Really? Uh, Dan Campbell is the leader in the clubhouse right okay. now. Kevin Stefanski and him are tied. Hmm. The, Brown, the, Browns, the Browns are yeah, down. Yeah, 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 I forgot about that. Especially Mike. with their quarterback situation. That, what a, yeah, what a job good. they've done. Yeah, Mike, uh, Mike McDaniel is third with yeah. the Dolphins. Yeah. Shane Steichen with the Colts is fourth. I would not have been able to tell you that he was a coach in the NFL. <laughs> I, th- I think I'm in that group. I don't too. think I've ever heard his name until you just said it. <laughs> you ever you ever see that clip from last thing before we get out of here? You ever see that clip of uh, last year when on the New Heights podcast after the coaches meetings when uh, Jason and Travis Kelsey are like don't know any of the coaches in the NFL and Travis is trying to guess like I've never seen them. Before in my life, and so he's just like, "Who the hell is that guy?" Looking yeah. at looking at coaches that he's played like a billion times, especially like Zach Taylor. He didn't know who Zach Taylor was. They just played against each other in the AFC Championship a few weeks before it, and he's like, "No idea who that guy is. Never it, seen him before." Well, if he life. makes the AFC Championship, you should know who he is. Yeah, no. but it's like that's what I'm saying. Like, I, the, it's the one of the yeah, funniest clips I've funny. ever seen in my life. As it should be, right? We should know who the players are, but and we shouldn't really know who the coaches are, right? We're watching guys play football, not yeah. guys. Coaching football. Shane Steichen is the coach of the Indianapolis Colts. You, want, you know who the co- coach of the uh, Cardinals is? It was Kingsbury. He got <laughs> fired. No. All right. It's no, we're doing next time. Is I'm going to show you a picture who, of all the coaches. Who is it? Jonathan Gannon. He's, he was, I've heard of him. He was the other coach for the uh, for the Eagles last year. I've heard the name. Yeah. The, he was the offensive coordinator. Or no, he was the defensive coordinator. You're confusing right. Jonathan with Rich Gannon. No, I've heard Jonathan. Kennedy. He was on the Eagles staff with. Uh, yeah, he was the defensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is literally like the clip from from the New Heights. I can't. I'm going to show you a picture of all the coaches next time. Okay. I'm going to see how many you actually know. Okay. <laughs> all right. Anything else, guys, on the way out? No, man. Happy New Year, man. I got. I got. I had something fun on here, but I'll save it for next time. Uh, San Antonio Sports All Star Game Saturday, Alamo Dome, five o'clock. Be there if you're not. Watch CW thirty five. Yeah, that. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call some plays. I'm gonna score some touchdowns in that game. Um, let's all, or that's all we got for you for the Sneaker Cleats podcast. Remember to download, rate, review, subscribe, give us a five star rating, tell a friend, tell an enemy. We will be back on Thursday. Well, actually, I won't. Zach will be filling in for me on Thursday. Um, so, because I have some family in town, so you guys and Zach will be talking to all Cowboys, and hopefully the uh, the Spurs will get a win tonight. It'll so be the best say. show ever. Yeah, because I won't be here. <laughs> That's I'll be listening. A little joke there, I'm, big I'm fella. tuning in live. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, that's all we got for you today. Join us on Thursday. We will see you right back here on the Sneakers Cleats Podcast. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.